the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And the question for us is, is there anyone or anything that we think is more important than our relationship with God? Are we a jerk for Jesus? Or do people describe us as being filled with grace and truth, like Jesus? Well, I'm quite certain I've never heard it put exactly like that. Are we a jerk for Jesus? That'll stick in your mind, I bet. Think about that throughout the day as you ponder all that Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands is going to share with us on this edition of Study Verse by Verse. He's in the book of James, and he's really taking us word by word through the thoughts of James. I'm Mike Trout. Thank you for joining us. This is a daily visit from Church of the Highlands, and you can find the church on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. This verse is this lightning rod, if you will, of the theological controversy between James and the Apostle Paul. James here writes, a person is justified by works and not by faith. In Romans 3.28, Paul wrote, a person is justified by faith and not by works. Now, at first that might appear to be diametrically opposed, doesn't it? until you keep reading. Context is really, really important. Because James wrote, a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. That faith is going to produce good works. And Paul wrote, a person is justified by faith and not by works of the law. Not by keeping some ceremonial law. Paul himself wrote that the law will never save you. You know, context is is really, really important. I can say I have a blue suit. I can say I have, I feel blue. It's the same word, blue, has two entirely different meanings. One's describing a color. The other's describing a feeling. Context is important. What is the context of that word in the sentence? What is the context of that sentence in the paragraph? What is the context of that paragraph in the subject? What is the context of that subject in the letter? What is the subject of that letter or book of the Bible in the Testament? And so forth. Context is very, very important. Oftentimes, you'll hear things that sound biblical, and they sound biblical, but they're not biblical because somebody took Scripture out of context and twisted its meaning. Then James offers a second illustration in the example of Rahab. Verse 25, in the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? Now that story begins in uh, Joshua chapter 2. It continues into Joshua chapter 6. And the story is that she's a citizen of Jericho, and Jericho is one of the towns that is going to be uh, it's in the promised land and, and the Israelis are, the Jewish people are going to come in and it's part of their, and she has heard the stories 
about the God of Israel. She's heard the stories about how many years ago God parted the Red Sea and that whole nation walked across on dry land. She heard the stories about how God gave that nation victory over their enemies. And now, all of a sudden, she has two people that come to visit and she recognizes who they are. Joshua has sent spies to spy out the land. And she recognizes them, and this is what she says. She says, the Lord, your God, is God in heaven above and on the earth below. I recognize that your God is the true God. And so what she did is she hid those spies, and she sent the king's men on a wild goose chase, and she helped them escape. She lowered them over the wall and with, a, with a rope. And so we have an incredible story. Alongside this famous and celebrated ancestor of the Jewish people, a man called a friend of God, he places this obscure Gentile woman of questionable morals. And you'll notice that it's intentionally parallel. Verses 21 and 25. Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did? Was not even Rahab the harlot considered righteous for what she did? Then it goes on, when he offered his son Isaac on the altar, when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. You talk about contrast here. One's a man, the other's a woman. One is described as a friend of God, the other as a prostitute. One is Jewish, in fact, the very first. The other, a Gentile. And yet, these two people, as opposite as they were, confirmed James' argument. Both were declared righteous based on their works that were the result of their genuine faith. The contrast is not between faith and works, but between genuine faith and false faith. Rahab, by the way, became very famous. Uh, Legend indicates that she became the ancestress of many priests and prophets, including Ezekiel and Jeremiah, according to William Barclay. And she's mentioned in Matthew chapter 1 in the genealogy of Jesus Christ as being an ancestor of King David and the King of Kings, Jesus. Wow. And she's also referenced in Hebrews chapter 11, which is described as the Believer's Hall of Fame. Now, faith requires risk. Abraham had to risk losing his son. Rahab had to risk being identified as a traitor to her king and her people. Faith requires risk. And faith without risk is a contradiction. Faith without works is already dead. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Faith and deeds are as important to each other as body and spirit. And unless Abraham had had faith, he would have never answered the summons of God. Unless Rahab had had faith, she would have never taken the risk of committing her future to the hands of Israel. Israel. 
And unless Abraham had been prepared to obey God to the uttermost, his faith would have been unreal. And unless Rahab had been prepared to risk everything to help the spies, her faith would have been useless. She would have died, she and her family, along with everyone else in Jericho. You know, Abraham had a number of tests, and there's application for us as well. Let me point some of them out. In Genesis 12, Abraham left his home for an unknown location. How does that apply to us? What's the question for us? The question for us is, do I trust God with my future? Or do I think that my agenda is better than God's? In uh, Genesis 13, he gave his, his nephew Lot preference in a, in a business conflict. Do I trust God when I receive unfair treatment? Genesis 14, Abraham rescues his nephew Lot from the five kings, even though with them gone, he could have had all, all the land to himself. And the question for us is, do I reflect God's faithfulness to others? And then again in Genesis 14, Abraham gave tithes to Melchizedek, yet refused to receive the gift offered by the king of Sodom. And the question for us is, do I honor God and refuse to receive honor that belongs to him? In Genesis 15, Abraham trusted God's promise that he would have a son. But he had to wait for a very long time. The question for us is, are we willing to wait for God's promises? In Genesis 18, Abraham welcomed strangers who turned out to be angels. And the question for us is, do we practice hospitality towards strangers? And then again, in Genesis chapter 18, Abraham prayed for mercy on Sodom. And the question for us is, do we pray for, do we care for the well-being of people who are trapped in their sin? And then in Genesis 20, Abraham confessed wrongdoing. And he took action to remedy and and set things right. And the question for us is, is, do we confess and repent when we do wrong? Or do we instead try to cover things up? And then in, in Genesis 22, Abraham was prepared to sacrifice his beloved son, Isaac. And the question for us is, do we allow anything to get between us and God? Is there anyone or anything that we think is more important than our relationship with God? Do we let unwholesome things come out of our mouth? How do we treat our spouse? Are we a jerk for Jesus? Or do people describe us as being filled with grace and truth? Like Jesus, graciously telling the truth. Do we care for our neighbors? What about our thought life? Do we take every thought captive? What about baptism? Have we been obedient in being baptized when... Jesus said we should be baptized. Do our actions give evidence that our faith is genuine? Your homework this week 
should you choose to accept it. It's in your time of devotions to consider that question. Do my actions bear evidence to my claims of Christian faith? As Pastor Layton asked earlier, are there those things that push God out of the number one spot in your life? Make a list of those. Pray about them. Consider how you might change the direction of your thoughts and of your worship and of your interaction with other people. Just a little bit to uh, ponder as you continue through your day, if you should choose to do that. (laughs) This is Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. He is the senior pastor at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and I'm Mike Trout. And this content obviously represents uh, portions of messages presented by Pastor Leighton to the congregation. If you'd like to become a part of the church, well, you can find out the details on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. That's the website for the church for this ministry. We would love to hear from you. It would mean so much to know that you're listening. Is on the web at studyversebyverse.com. I'm Mike Trout. Have a great rest of your day and your weekend. And come back on Monday when we'll once more open the Word of God and study verse by verse.